amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. today. Good love. Is your relationship everything you want it to be? Are you living a fulfilled, passionate life empowered with choices that ignite you to the next level? Good love makes your whole life better. So join America's good love doctor, Dr. Brenda Wade, on a journey to your healthiest life yet. A regular on Dr. Oz and Dr. Drew, She's appeared on Oprah, Good Morning America, and is featured in countless publications from USA Today to Essence Magazine. The creator of life-changing Get Unstuck Now, Love, Money, and Save-A Seminars, she's counseled millions, but today she's here just for you with the hottest topics, guests, and trends. This is Good Love with Dr. Brenda Wade. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Good Love Radio. I am your good love doctor, Dr. Brenda Wade, and I am so excited because today is the last show for 2014, and we're going to talk about how God can be part of our growth in our lives. You may be asking yourself, well, what's God got to do with it? Well, let me ask you something. Have you ever, even if you are an atheist or an agnostic, ever had a moment when something was going really wrong in your life and you just went, God help me, and something in you just cried out for help, especially when we were going through the economic downturn or if you face issues with money or finding your life purpose or love. So we're going to talk about spirituality, and our guest today is a very special person, somebody I deeply admire, who is a modern-day spiritual messenger. And this is a person who has written so many books that have inspired so many people. They've been translated 37 languages, touching millions and millions, inspiring people to make real changes in their daily lives. I'm speaking about Neil Donald Walsh, the author of the global best-selling series, The Conversations with God series. And it's an honor to have Neil because he broke new ground. He was a very successful business person, had a lot of success in his professional life, but he still felt empty, and he kept searching for spiritual meaning And he experienced his now-famous conversations with God and wrote about them. And Neil has written 29 books on spiritual.
spirituality and practical. Now, this is the key for us. As you know, here on Good Love Radio, we're not woo-woo, airy-fairy, pie-in-the-sky. We are all about bringing science, psychology, and spirituality together. And Neil's books are very practical. You can apply these tools in your everyday life. Seven of his books have been on the New York Times bestseller list. The first book, get this, was on the list for over two and a half years. And I love some of his newest titles. They are, When Everything Changes, Change Everything. And then The Storm Before the Calm. He also wrote The Only Thing That Matters and What God Said. And he has God's message to the world, (laughs) You've Got Me All Wrong. And that was a book just released in October of 2014. So you can check all of those out and more and learn more about our guest, but it is my honor right now to introduce Neil Donald Walsh. Welcome to the program, Neil. Well, thank you very much, Brenda, and you're saying some wonderful things that I don't deserve, that the honor is mine. You've, you've touched the lives of hundreds of thousands of people in ways I could never even dream or imagine, so thank you for the work you're doing. And I'm going to disavow anyone needing to honor me or being with me. I'm just an ordinary guy who had an extraordinary experience, and I'm only happy that it's touched some people in a way that's proven to be beneficial. Mm. So, Neil, start with how you came to the conversations with God. You're an ordinary guy who had an extraordinary experience. Tell us about it. Well, nothing in my life was working. I mean, I I did have a nice uh, life for a while there, until I was about 45. But then for some reason or another, Rhonda, everything began falling apart. My career collapsed right in front of my face for no real apparent reason. It just wasn't working anymore. Um, My health went rapidly downhill, and my relationship with my significant other uh, evaporated as well. And so suddenly, on all three fronts of of my personal life, Everything had collapsed at, at just about the same moment, all within the same three-month period. And then, to make matters wow. even more interesting, yeah. And then, to make matters even more interesting, I had an automobile accident. An, an older gentleman just turned right into me. It was clearly his fault, poor guy. But he smashed into my car, and I broke my neck. <gasps> and it was very, very lucky, fortunate for me that I was not paralyzed, or that I even, for, for that matter, lived through the experience, because the doctors told me most people who have a broken neck either die or they're paralyzed for life. I wow. the 0.5% of the people who escaped both of those outcomes, but I still was in uh, therapy and rehabilitation for about a year and a half, almost two years. And uh, as a result, I couldn't work. I lost my job. I could do hardly anything. The insurance uh, paid off, but not for a long, long time. It took their good-natured time about it. In the meantime, I had no income from any source whatsoever. Mm. I ran through my savings, and I wound up living on the street. So, Brenda, I was a street person in Ashland, Oregon, for two weeks shy of one year. And I, I lived in a tent in a small campground with other homeless people. It was a homeless park, so to speak. I walked the streets and asked folks if they had a dime or a dollar that they might spare uh, spare for me. And I lived that way for a year, uh, just going really meal to meal and moment to moment. And that's when I had uh, this extraordinary experience because I, I finally found a little part-time job in broadcasting, which I had been doing before I had my accident. And so I was back in the broadcasting business as a part-time announcer 
and uh, that's and then I, I did I did well because I was a good a good broadcaster. I did very well at that profession. Well, Neil, hold and, on for a second because I just want everyone in the audience to take a breath because you described your whole life falling apart, and I'm over here going, <gasps> I can't take a breath yet. Because every one of us has had this experience of things falling apart. Sometimes we say the dark night of the soul. My granny down in New Orleans used to say, child, you're just going through the storm. So you went through the storm. And it's important for everyone because every one of us at some point has been through it. If you haven't, you're going to go through it or you might be in the middle of it right now. So Neil is describing something we can all relate to in some way, and he's about to drop some breadcrumbs, everybody, of moving out of it and getting to a much, much better place. So take heart if you're in the middle of the storm, because I think some hope is on the way. Please go ahead, Neil. I just had to say that, because I've been there too. Yeah, thank you for contextualizing that because that's precisely the experience. And when I was in the middle of the storm, I could think of no way out. And that's what created my way out because I found a little part-time job, as I began to say. And uh, But then it, it went from bad to worse. That is, I thought that once I was back in the workforce and I was back into the swing of things, I could get my life going again. But that's when I realized, frankly, the utter vacuousness of life. I thought, well, is this all there is? I mean, is this really what it's about? Get up in the morning, go to work, come home at night, throw a little meal on the table if you can, watch a little television, go to bed, get up the next day and do the same thing. There must be something more than this. And really, it was after I got off the street and got my life rolling again that I thought to myself, oh, my goodness, I'm 50 years old half a century on the planet, and this is what I have to look for, forward to for the next 20 or 30 years. There's got to be more than this. And I called out in the middle of the night one night to God. I had a yellow legal pad that I happened to find on the coffee table in front of me. Maybe I was drawing up a grocery list or whatever, but there it was. And I woke up at 4.30 in the morning one morning just totally beside myself with anger and frustration. And I thought, please tell me there's more than this to this life experience because this is really, if this is really all there is, I don't want to play anymore. And I began writing a very angry letter to God. I'm answering your question how this all began. I began writing a very angry letter to God, and I asked God in this angry letter. I, don't know, I didn't you know, expect an answer, of course. I was just simply offloading some negative energy. And I, I began writing, what does it take? What does it take to make life work? And what have mm, I done? Everybody has wondered about that. What does and it wh- take? And, and what have I done to deserve a life of such continuing struggle? <laughs> Neil, I have to laugh at that one because at some point I think it's almost inescapable that we feel like we are the victims and for God's sake, why is this happening to me? So I'm glad you said that. And by the way, everybody, whatever God means to you, we're not proselytizing and you know that here at Good Love Radio, all faiths are welcome. Whatever God means to you, God could mean the mountains. It could mean the ocean. That's fine, as long as you know there's some source of inspiration, whatever you choose to call it. And Neil says, God, God's fine with me and for a lot of people, but it might not be for you. So you use your own word. So you wrote an angry letter to God. I love that. You've got some some chutzpah there. (laughs) (laughs) 
yeah. And I said, you know, I said, God, you know, listen, I'll play. I promise I'll play. Just give me the rules. Somebody just give me the rule book. And after you give me the rules, don't change them. <laughs> You're lucky because you weren't I, struck by lightning, Neil. Because <laughs> yeah, I noticed that the rules were changing from, you know, from decade to decade and, and you know, and from place to place and from time to time. So I, I thought you know, I, I just want to play well and have a halfway decent life. I don't I don't. What does it take? So I, I I wrote those questions down very angrily on that yellow legal pad, and I heard a voice uh, uh, over my over my right shoulder, and it was just, just as clear as we're hearing each other now. And the voice simply said, "Neil, do you really want answers to all of these questions, or are you just venting?" And I turned around, and of course there was no one there. And I thought, "Oh, great! Now not only you mean I... you heard it like a person was in the room." Yes. Wow. Yeah. Absolutely. You didn't wet your pants? Well, almost. <laughs> I turned around and I thought, great, now I'm losing my mind. First I'm consumed with anger, now I'm losing my mind. I could have sworn I heard somebody there over my – but of course there was no one there, and I thought, this is crazy. But I thought to myself, what did I hear? And what I heard was, do you really want answers to all of these questions, or are you just venting? So I kind of wrote down on my legal pad, just for the fun of it, you know what, I am venting, but if you have answers, I'd sure as heck like to know what they are. And with that, (laughs) I experienced a download, almost like a download, as if every question I had asked had been answered in one fell swoop. Uh, Neil, I want you to know I took your first book, conversations with God with me on a trip to India where I take people on spiritual quests and retreats around the world. And uh, I think I do them because I get so much out of them. And what I wanted on that trip, it was a very difficult time in my life. I'd just gone through a divorce and I felt really just lonely, angry, sad, bereft. And all I wanted was a direct experience of God's love. I just wanted to not feel so alone and sad. So I was reading your book, and somewhere in that book, you said something like, um, feeling is the language of the soul. And that really struck me. And it was very helpful to me, because when I was meditating there, I got this feeling of God's love. I really got it. And it was the most incredible melting feeling. Now, how do we, as ordinary people, live that in our everyday lives? And because it's our last show of 2014, everyone is thinking, you know, how hard the year might have been. Sometimes we look at the high points. But how do we deal with all the feelings that have come up? Well, I think it's, uh, first of all, important to um, notice the difference between feelings and emotion. When when I was told that feelings are the language of the soul, it was made clear to me in subsequent portions of my conversation, if you will, with God, that feelings are not to be confused with emotions. What's the emotions, difference? Goodness, I've never heard that before. Yeah, well, yeah, uh, I, I hadn't either until I, I had this experience. Uh, feelings uh, are the uh, fundamental vibrations uh, of life itself in varying forms um, that are always pure uh, and never, in to use human words, never negative. There's no such thing as a negative feeling. 
There are, however, negative emotions. Emotions, uh, and it's an interesting word, emotion, energy in motion. Mm-hmm. Emotions are movements of uh, energy in a particular way that we create with our minds. So to put it re- very simply, without getting into detail around it, emotions are created by the mind. Feelings are the essence of the soul. So um, when we are experiencing an emotion of anger, uh, of negativity, of frustration, uh, of judgment, uh, or any negative emotion for that matter, we can rest assured it is emerging from and is a product of the human mind. But the fundamental feeling of life could really be captured in one word, and that is love. In the human language, we call the essential feeling love. That is the fundamental energy, and that really is, uh, at its bottom line, the only feeling there is. Every feeling is an expression of love. Sometimes those expressions of love are distorted through the expression of emotion. That is, we we take the original energy and we distort it by with the interpretations of the mind, interpretations about many things, not the least of which is, who are we? Why are we here? What is going on right now in life? What is the purpose of life? What is this essential energy? What is this foundational energy that I call in my language God and other people simply call life? But what is that? And what, if anything, does it want or desire from us? And all these fundamental questions that drive the engine of the human experience. So for me, the difference uh, between feelings and emotions is that feelings are emerging from and originate in the soul. Emotions emerge from and originate in the mind. Now, to to answer, if I could go on just a bit, your question about how do people deal with the many emotions they are experiencing about the past year, the ups and downs, and all the interesting uh, avenues we travel in life. Yeah, and a lot of what's going on right now in the news, I'd like to sweep that into our basket, because time when, especially here in America, it's a time of crisis. We've got, you know, wars that America's involved in outside our shores, but there's a war going on here at home. We've got, you know, conflict at the heart of America between the people who are Americans, you know, people who are people of color versus people uh, who are in police and authority. We have women, you know, being beaten, and, you know, there seems to be a lot of ambivalence about whether that's really bad or not and covering it up. So we have a lot of conflict here at home. How do we address that with this energy of God and love and all of it? Yeah, certainly. First of all, I agree with your assessment. We are in a seminal moment, a critical moment. This is a choice point, a very important choice point in humanity's evolution, not just here in America, but around the world. I've written a book on this very subject called The Storm Before the Calm. And that book indicates that was written two and a half years ago or so, and it predicts what's happening right now. It said, not in specific terms, but in broad general terms, it says, watch what's going to happen now in the next five to ten years. Just watch. What we're seeing is the overhaul of humanity. But the overhaul of humanity, the book notes, 
that does not mean necessarily the dissembling, the, the taking apart and, and never putting it back together again, but rather, uh, like we overhaul an engine, we take the engine apart and then we put it back together so that it works better than it ever worked before. That's what's happening right now uh, on this planet. We are taking human society, if you please, apart bit by bit. We've seen the economic downfalls over the past six to eight years from the stock market to all, all manner of financial institutions. We've seen the political downfall and it's going on right now and has been now for a number of years all around us uh, in, in the world. We've seen the social downfall, you just pointed it out, uh, in many, many areas with women, people of color, and, and uh, in other ways as well uh, around the world. And we've actually seen the spiritual downfall uh, as, as we see uh, sp- people coming to spiritual crisis and not having any place they can depend on to turn. All of this is part of the overhaul of humanity, and it is a, if I could put it this way, necessary part of the process of our reconstruction and of our maturation. Yeah, it may be necessary, but boy, is it painful. And we have people losing their lives, losing homes, so many painful things. So your message is, this is the storm before the calm. It's part of our growth. You use the word maturation. What about those people who are in the middle of the storm, who are really going through something, and maybe they had a rough year in 2014? Do you have a technique or anything that you use that helps people cope with those very, very painful situations? First, uh, we need to realize and know exactly what's going on. When we are aware that what is occurring um, is part of our maturation and our growth process, then we will begin to stop resisting certain aspects of it that produce rage and anger and, and for that matter, in some cases, violence in return, as we've seen in certain cities in America and, for that matter, around the world, where we, we fight violence with violence, we fight anger with anger, we fight hatred with hatred, and we do exactly what Einstein advised us not to do. Goodness knows Albert Einstein hit the nail on the head when he said, you cannot solve any problem using the same energy that created it. So if we think we're going to end violence with violence, end anger with anger, and of course Martin Luther King Jr. made exactly the same point. We just can't keep on throwing the same energy back that came at us in such a destructive way. Yeah, I remember one of his famous quotes was, uh, don't ever let anyone bring me down so low that I hate them. Yes, precisely. Now, Neil, yeah, go ahead. But but to to talk about tools, the the first tool uh, that I use, apart and aside from having my own conversation with God, the the, the first thing I would invite people to do is to have their own conversation with God. And that's a little easier than we might think. As a matter of fact, I actually put a little uh, demonstration of how it can occur, how it occurred in my life, and how it can occur for other people right on uh, the Internet. You can just go to your own CWG, CWG, of course, is standing for Conversations with God. If anyone wants to just go to your own CWG.com, they will have an opportunity right there to have their own conversation with God in a process that I put up online that takes about 30 minutes or so, 25, 30 minutes, and just to see what might happen in that process. But to answer your question, my first tool is, in fact, to have my own 
conversation with God. That is to connect with the aspect of divinity, call it life if you will, call it the seed of wisdom within us that exists within all of us, whatever you want to call it, to get in touch with that as rapidly and as quickly as I can and to make it a regular part of my life on a daily basis. Then, having achieved that outcome, and again, I want to point out it's not as difficult as it might seem. Everybody is having a conversation with God all the time. Everyone is is in touch with the seat of highest wisdom within them, whatever they name they want to give it, all the time. We're simply ignoring it most of the time. Now, once I have that conversation with God, then I go into step two. I was given a, a remarkable formula in my life when, when God said to me, Neil, whatever you want to experience in your life, cause another person to experience. When you become the source of the experience you desire in the life of another, it will move through you to them, and as it moves through you, it becomes part of your experience as well, which is why every great peacemaker, whether they've made peace with themselves or the world outside of themselves, has followed this formula. That is powerful because that that takes me to the core of the work that we do here, Neil, which is helping people to connect with one another, whether it's couples or uh, people in corporations who can't connect for a variety of reasons, or communities. And I was talking with a woman who was so angry with her husband. And she was just, and not that he hadn't done some things, okay, he'd done some things, But I said to her, you know, do you want to stay married to him? Yes. Do you love him? Yes. I said, okay, then you're going to have to be the one who generates something new. She said, that's impossible. He won't change. But she gave this little experiment a go anyway, which was to find her husband perfect. That he was perfect. And guess what? I think you know what happened. He started behaving. Sure. The way she wanted him to, as sure. a perfect people, husband. People, it, people in general see themselves as 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 others see them, and, and the more important uh, to us the other person is, the more we respond uh, to that incoming energy. Energy attracts like energy, and that's that is profoundly true. That we have the ability to do that with and for each other. Well, Neil, I know that you have the CWG Foundation, and I want people to know that your own CWG. Is it, now, is that yourownCWG.com? They'll find that? Yes, yourownCWG.com. Okay. Well, I'm certainly going to be on yourownCWG.com as soon as we are done because I can't wait to see what my inner God has to say. And I invite all of you, have a spiritual experience. Now, tell us about the CWG Foundation and the work that you're doing there, Neil. Our hope is to assist people around the world to connect with the seat of wisdom within themselves by, in fact, having their own conversation with God. And so we have uh, devised a number of ways to do that, including the tool that I just talked about a moment ago and those uh, 29 books that you described as well, each of those books focusing in on another area of the human experience. For instance, the book, The Only Thing That Matters, talks about exactly that. The first paragraph of that book makes the astonishing statement, 98% of the world's people are spending 98% of their time on things that don't matter. 
Mm. So the, the book then invites us to take a look at what really does matter, given who and well, what Well, for we a are. lot of people, they don't get to, and I know this is true for me and everybody else I know, we don't get to the deeper conversation because at times we feel overwhelmed with the business of life. And we talk a lot about prosperity here on this program because there's that big link between love and money. And, Neil, how do you define prosperity? How does your CWG define prosperity? And what's the important thing for people who are struggling with that and that might get in the way of them turning toward God? How do we hold that? Well, what I've learned in my life is that prosperity has nothing to do with money. Mm, interesting. That, that that prosperity and abundance is about feeling the self fully expressed and fully realized, and 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 fully experienced at the highest level. We are absolutely prosperous when we provide ourselves with that experience. But the irony of that is that in many many cases, I'm going to say in most cases when we allow ourselves to create that experience, the experience of the fullness of who we are totally expressed in any given moment of now, when we grant ourselves and work toward creating that experience within ourselves, the outer world responds to it in such a way that we become financially prosperous as well. We have financial sufficiency all of a sudden, almost without struggle. Now, is that part of how you moved from being homeless and broke to being a best-selling author and a global spiritual teacher? Was that part of it? Yes. Ah, yes. okay. See, that I I believe you. You see, if somebody said to me, I've always been a billionaire, was born in a family of billionaires, I would just go, yeah, right. But for you, you came off the street. You lost everything and arrived at where you are, and you're still becoming. I get that about you. But you're saying, one of the, everybody, you might want to write this down. Neil is laying down some wisdom here. You're saying it's the same principle that we talked about with this couple that was down in the dumps in the marriage. Generate the feeling of what you want to experience, and then you attract it. Yes? Yes, and and to get clear on what is that feeling that you want to experience. Ah. That is, what are we doing here? Ah. That, that, is, that is, why are we on the earth? Is it about? Is it really about get the guy, get the girl, get the car, get the job, get the better car, get the better job, get the wife, <laughs> get the kids, get the grandkids, get the cruise tickets, get the hell out? You know, get what? the next wife because yeah, this yeah, one exactly. is worn out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, see, so so we 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 begin to confront ourselves with fundamental questions. Why are we here? And and prior to that question, who are we? Uh, I want to pose here for our listening audience a fundamental question that all of us have to ask, and that's where the entire exploration of how to make life work begins. The question is, who am I? Am I a chemical creature? Am I a biological entity? Not much different from a dolphin or a whale or a bird, except as to complexity and sophistication. I'm simply a more sophisticated mammal on the earth, but no more than that, a biological creature. Or or is it possible that I am, in fact, a spiritual creature having a body? I'm not my body, but my body is something that I have, and my mind as well. If we answer yes to the second question, and not everyone does, there are people who say, no, I'm nothing more than a sophisticated mammal. I'm the highest form of mammalian life on the earth, but that's all I am, and when I die, I die. Fair enough. 
But if we decide that we are in fact more than that, that we are a spiritual being who has a body and a mind, then we needs must ask a fundamental question. What am I doing here? Mm. All right. Neil Donald Walsh, everyone, check out his CWG Foundation, Conversations with God Foundation. Check out your own CWG.com. Neil, it is an honor to close 2014 with you with your profound and really very challenging wisdom. Everyone, a lot to think about here. Who are you really? Why are you here? And what is the experience you really want to have? You're going to get to generate that. I want to let you know that we have a class January 10th and 11th. It's Ignite Your Dreams in 2014, and you will have the opportunity also to build your virtual miracle map for 2014. It's a two-day intensive, and you're going to walk out with the map in your hand, and it's different from a vision board in case that's what you're thinking. Thank you to our brilliant producer, LeGrand Green, to our associate producer, Cliff Dunning, and thank you to all of you, our beautiful Audience, follow us on Twitter, Dr. Brenda Wade, Facebook, Dr. Brenda Wade, Instagram. We love you all. We bless you. 2014 was quite a year of growth. Stay tuned because guess who's going to open 2015 for us, everyone? Neil Donald Walsh will be with you next week. Blessings. Lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.